Hello, and welcome to My Little House of Prayer. I am your host, Dayla Smith. I am so very glad that you could join me today. Let's open in prayer. Father, I just want to thank you for this day, that it is a day that you have made. You are the king of the universe and created everything that's within it. You are King of kings and Lord of lords, Father God. I thank you for this word that you have given me in due season, that it, it not only has ministered to me, but I hope and pray that your anointing would be on it to minister to the ears that listen to it, Father. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, amen. Right now, we live in a society of being politically correct. How we behave, what we say, even our moral principles and beliefs are being scrutinized by our society. Social medias are inspecting each and every word. Bills are being passed to box in the amendments. What happened to freedom of speech? What happened to being able to openly answer questions concerning our faith? Why are we walking around so sensitive? You know, walking around with your heart on your sleeve? Why do we walk around waiting to be offended at anything and everything? Apparently, we have woken up on the wrong side of the bed. We need to go to the Lord and get up on His side of the bed. Why do we wake up already expecting to be offended? Well, let's look at Matthew 24, 10 through 12. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Do you see how the enemy wants to set traps and will catch many? This is why he says to stay alert and remain always in prayer and reading our Bible. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with tongues and of men and of angels and have not charity, a.k.a. love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. 
Now abideth faith, hope, love, charity, these three. But the greatest of these three is charity. We are looking at verse 1 through 3. Our mouths get us in so much trouble. Our mouths are our own worst enemy. The word says that life and death are in the power of our tongues. Not just ourselves, but we can speak life or death over anyone or anything. I have plants. I love plants. I know, here we go again. Another story about playing a radio with positive or negative music. Positive, they grow and live. Negative, they die. Nope. Not the direction I'm going in. This is putting my words in action. In my walk early on, I moved into a house. Whoever lived there before laid carpet on the ground so that the grass would not grow. They let the leaves of the oak tree fall. When I moved in, I went to rake the leaves. I walked into leaves that were up to my knees, almost my hips. I'm not exaggerating. I wanted grass to grow. So I piled up leaves and put them into trash bags. I threw that away and then, as I uncovered the ground, I saw the carpet. I pulled up the carpet and threw that away and boy was that a feat. The links and widths were astronomical. Some I had to cut up into smaller pieces. What I uncovered was pure dirt everywhere. Not one blade of grass to be found. What did I do? I went to my Father in Heaven and asked Him for grass. He told me to march seven times around the property confessing that grass would grow in that ground, that the same life-giving power the Lord had, He gave to me. The next thing I knew, I had a beautiful lush green carpet of grass all over my yard. The reason for this testimony is that the Lord has given us power to speak life or death over anything and anyone. We can choose to walk out our lives miserable and angry. Remember it says in Luke 6 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And I've learned that in ancient Hebrew, heart meant mind. So out of the abundance of our mind, our mouth speaks. In another scripture, Jesus tells us that it is not necessarily what we eat or drink that defiles us, but what we allow to come out of our wonderful big piles. <laughs> what can control our thought life and in so doing, we control what comes out of our mouths? The Hebrew word for heart here is mind. So read it replacing heart with mind. I think this makes this scripture very telling and powerful. So if our thoughts are on being offended, we have a greater chance of speaking offense. This in turn creates a vicious cycle that only with the Lord's help we can conquer being offended. You can't truly walk in love if you are walking around offended. 
So we are back to the topic of you are offensive to me. So the rest of the chapter deals with how we act towards others. I find it interesting that the Lord first deals with how we act. Then he deals with how we in turn would treat others. You see, God is love. He first loved us. We have to get along with him all day, every day. We can't begin to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ of Nazareth properly without him, without allowing him to deal with us in our alone time. We cannot tap into the fruits of the Spirit without getting alone and real with him. If we are to properly start our day, we have to pray first. I can't stress this enough. Seek him out. Why? To glorify his wonderful name. Then to allow him to reveal to us the sins in our lives. The sins we need to repent of. Remember to thank him for his many blessings. That he is and will provide for us that day. Then thank him also for his greatest blessing and miracle. The miracle of forgiveness. Of redemption. Because after we have received that wonderful gift. We are to go out and share that gift all day long. No less than 490 times per day. So let's look at the many offenses that occur in our lives and around the world. And by the way, how do I know it's 490 times at least? Because Jesus told the man who asked, how many times do I forgive sin? And he said, 70 times 7. Love suffers long and is kind, enduring. What? We have to suffer and be kind while we are suffering? Yep. Paul says in Philippians 3, 10 through 11, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. What does the word fellowship here mean? In the Greek, in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, it means a partnership, participation, communicate, communication, communion, distribution, or contribution. It is like this almost 20 years ago at the beginning of my first marriage, I was struggling with being patient and long-suffering with my husband. You see, when things get difficult in this day and time, the world says, walk away from it. Walk away from them. But what they don't tell you is that when you do that, you open the door and welcome in the enemies of unforgiveness and bitterness. It becomes twice as hard to work things out. Most people never do. Anyway... It was one of the many times I was begging the Lord to let me walk away. I thank the Lord that he never allowed me to walk away. There is so much to be thankful about. I truly love my husband all the way to his dying breath. The Lord helped me to never give up on us, me, him, and in so doing, Jesus. He gave me a dream. In the dream, I was interested in purchasing 
this beautiful wedding ring set. Mine had two baguettes and a three-carat diamond on it. His had five stars engraved in his. They were made of pure gold. I wasn't pleased with the price of the ring, so the jeweler said he would go down to a certain price. I agreed and bought the ring. I woke up. I thought and pondered on the dream for most of the morning. It was when I was doing my dishes that I saw rainbows on the wall of my kitchen. The sun had shone on a stone in a ring I was wearing. It was casting rainbows everywhere. That's when the Lord spoke to me and said, Are your relationships worth fighting for? Is your relationship with your husband worth fighting for? What value do you put on your marriage? And then he gave me the interpretation of the dream. The two baguettes were my husband and I. The rainbows represented the many ways the Lord wanted to use us together. The three-carat diamond was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. With him together, we could accomplish many things for him. Separate, he could not nearly accomplish what he wanted to do using both of us. Well, that day I made it my mission to stay in, to be the one the Lord would use to show his love towards him. It's a funny thing. When my husband passed, I was talking to the Lord. I told him I did my best to love him. Did he know that my heart had gotten totally involved too? The most encouraging thing that the Lord told me was this. Dela, I needed to, someone to love him totally. I needed someone to truly love him when no one else could. Your love in turn taught him to fight for his relationship with me. He fought and then the battle became overwhelming for him. You did what I asked you to do. Show forth my love toward him. Can I tell you just how encouraging this statement was to me? It, was it has immensely helped with the grief. He truly is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The Lord just revealed to me that this is a series. We have seven more ways of offense. I hope that this will be a blessing to all of us, me included. Seriously. It was the Lord's hand that kept me together. It was the Lord's will that made me stay. It was his enduring, a.k.a. long-suffering love that allowed him to love us both. I have had mountaintops and valleys in this walk with my husband, but I would not have been able to gain the appreciation of them without the Lord holding us together. Did you know this goes for all different kinds of relationships in our lives? The Lord wants the glory out of all of them. Yes, it comes back to Him. If it weren't for Him, we would not have been allowed those relationships. You see, He wants our relationship with Him to shine through to others. His great forgiveness and mercy He imparts to us to shine through to others throughout our day. The Lord allowed me to share this with a couple of friends of mine that were bickering with one another for years. And this is, it started before they saved and it was still going on after they received Christ as their Savior. But God is always an on-time God. 
It was such an honor to be able to share the love of Jesus Christ with them, the long-suffering, enduring kind of love that the Lord wanted to develop in them. It was amazing to be allowed the gift of being a peacemaker in a situation with the opportunity of being long-suffering towards one another. They were looking at each other's faults through the eyes of criticism. How often do we do this to one another? Whenever you see someone's faults, it's not a call to criticize and point it out. It is the Lord calling us to intercede for that person. Remember that it says in Matthew 7, 1 through 5, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be meted to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in your own eye, or how will you say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. When you look at this scripture and you take it to heart, you, realize, you start looking at people differently. There is an ocean of people hurting, broken, looking hopeless, looking for someone to tell them there is hope, to help them put, help the Lord put them back together to meet them where they're at. Those that look hopeless, this is a time to be full of faith. There are people who have people in their lives that are fighting with addiction. And it looks hopeless. That's what the enemy would tell us. It's hopeless. They'll never be free. And really what it is, is that enemy, that devil is telling people, I've been here too long. I'm not about to leave. You don't, know, you don't have the power within you to cast me out. And that's a lie because we have dunamis power to cast it out. We have the power of Almighty God and He has never changed and He's not going to. His word is enduring, long-lasting, forever. When he says something, it's for all eternity, not just the moment. That's why he says, I will complete the perfect work I have begun in you. Let us all pray to be tools in his hand that we might be the one that has the right word in due season that will break every yoke. Let us ask the Lord to be the one to get on your knees in the midnight hour when that person is struggling and pray them out of it. We have the authority to bind up the enemy. We have the authority to loose the power of God, his holy anointing that will give them the gift of repentance so that they too can know Jesus as their savior in fullness, not just to peace. And if you are fighting with addiction, 
That word was also for you. Come to the Lord. Ask him for forgiveness. Repent of your sin. Repent means to change your choice-making decisions. When you see that it's an opportunity, don't walk. Run away from it. It's a trap. And what do we do when a trap is set before us and we see it? We go around it. We avoid it. Well, this sin that's so easily besetting you, get away from it. Avoid it at all costs. Avoid it like your life depended on it. Because it does. And that was something for someone. Hopefully many. Because that's the way God is. He likes to throw stones that create a ripple on the water. And those waves create more waves. I find it interesting that Jesus calls us a hypocrite when we judge others before first getting rid of that sin in our own hearts. Here it is again. A call for a soul search. A mind search. When we treat others in this manner, you will find yourself allowing the Lord to help you to mature and walk with Him. This in turn then allows Him to work many miracles in your life and in the lives of others. I was allowed to patiently listen to both of them. Then while they were talking, the Lord spoke to my heart the information they needed to start walking His way. It was just so powerful to see the joy back in their relationship again. You see, they were both reacting to each other instead of acting to each other. React in the Webster Dictionary means an action to a person or stimulus, to have a mutual or reverse effect or to revolt. Act in verb form means to perform or behave in a certain manner, to perform a specific function, to have an effect, to misbehave, to malfunction, or to portray act by actions. You see, the choice is ours, how we want to act. In the noun form, it means something done, a deed, an exploit, or a law. A dear friend of mine once said to me, you can choose to walk in the Lord's love, light, and life, or you can choose to walk in Satan's death, hate, and darkness. But treating death, hate, and darkness with death, hate, and darkness only begets more death, hate, and darkness. You want to be an overcomer? Start behaving and walking in the Lord's love, light, and life. Let your mind consider this as you go through your day, and then you will start seeing. He will allow you to see past what that person is giving you. I've, had, I've been in the hospital, and nurses would come in and be brut with me at first, and then I'd look at them and say, you've had a hard day today. And then they would just start weeping and, and telling me what was going on. I prayed with them and I fought for them. And I told them I would. You know, that spoke volumes to me. I've had it happen at Walmart. All the cashiers fight for me to come to their register because they know I'm going to pray for them. If there's something going on, 
I'm going to pray for them. I'm not just going to ask you. When I ask you how you're doing, I don't want your, oh, I'm fine. When all hell is breaking loose. Oh, give me your truth so that I can get on my knees and fight for you. Because when I fight, when I pray for someone, I'm expecting it already to be done. I'm expecting a phone call before I say amen, before I finish asking. That's how I pray. But remember, Jesus told them, your faith has made you whole. I can pray for you all day, but if your faith ain't in it, and you're thinking tomorrow instead of now, it'll never happen. It is impossible for him to get through. You have to last a little longer. Sometimes he has grace and mercy. Sometimes he waits for faith. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Because I'm hoping that this helps. All I want to do is encourage the body of Christ to be all that she can be in, in her Savior and Lord, her Father God. So when we look at this life this way, we see opportunities to look past the situation and treat it with prayer and listening for his heartbeat, asking him how to correct, correctly administer his love, light, and life in the situation. Treat others as you would have them do unto you. I hope and pray that there are those who see my many faults and failures, that they would pray for me instead of judging and gossiping about me, that they would forgive me if my actions hurt them in some way, that they would come to me so that we could discuss it, that they would pray for me expecting the Lord to change them first. That's right. When we are allowed to see someone's faults and failures, he will change us first before he begins to change the other person. This is the same long-suffering patience the Lord shows each and every one of us, but his is with his righteous perfection. Freely we have received, freely we are called to give. I should say commanded to give. We cannot truly treat others with his love until we receive his awesome gift of enduring love for ourselves. We have to get into the Father's presence, who is love, and let him love us. When we let him love us, we can properly love others. So if you want to experience the Father's enduring love today, if you want to experience his presence this way, you must accept his wonderful gift of salvation through the righteous sacrifice of him and his son. If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, let me introduce you to him. It is really simple. First, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner, just like me, in need of a Savior. You say, just like you? Yeah, just because I got saved don't mean I, I stay walking in salvation. his salvation. I fall just like the rest of you. I'm still a lump of clay that he is still molding and making, just like the rest of you. So let's have mercy for one another and grace that we have been given. If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, let me introduce you to him, if I haven't already. 
I'm, I'm introducing you how to enter into this relationship. It's really simple. First, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior according to the mirror of the law of the Lord. You heard me. He didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled it. Ask him for his forgiveness for all of your sins and call them out to him. Thank him for his forgiveness. Then forgive those who have sinned or transgressed against you. Then repent. Repent means to change your mind concerning sinful habits. Change your choice-making decisions, like I told you earlier. Let him influence your choice-making decisions as you get in his holy word. You must get in that Bible, that holy word. If you do not, you will die spiritually. It is your food. It is your bread and water. David said, I thirst after you, Lord, like a deer panting after water. He thirsted for the word of the Lord. He thirsted for the relationship of the Lord. We must do the same. Ask him to be Lord over your life. I can't tell you, when you give over to his authority, how your life will radically change. And when I say radically changed, there will be mountaintops, there will be hilltops, and there will be valleys. But he is there in all of it, leading and guiding you and taking care of you. Like he said, fear not, I am with you. Surrender to his control over your life. And like I said, there's no greater journey. This has been an awesome journey with deep valleys and high mountaintops. But in them, he was Lord over all. All glory and honor to his name. I want to pray this prayer with you, but this is just an outline. The real work begins after I pray with you, because it is a very personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let's pray. If you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, let's pray right now. But remember, the real work begins after I pray with you, because it's a personal relationship. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have made the decision to give your life to Jesus, let me be one of the first to welcome you to the body of Christ. All of heaven is greatly rejoicing over your decision today. 
please let me know of your decision today because I want to pray for you. If this message has brought up any questions or spoke to you in some way, or if you have any prayer requests, please let me know by commenting below, private messaging me, or you can even email me at my number one, little af, as in frog, mp at aol.com. I would greatly love to hear from you. Remember, I love you with the love of the Lord, but Jesus will always love you more. Let's close in prayer. Father, I come before you thanking you for this wonderful message that even I am learning something out of it, even now, because your word is forever. It is unfathomable. It is precious. It is priceless. Help us take your word, Lord, and hide it in our hearts, our minds, that we may not sin against thee. Let us have a blessed week until we meet again. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, amen. Have a blessed week.